0: All right, guys, welcome to Obsessions with Julia Gray, where we talk about the pop culture we love and what it says about us. Today, we have James Reddick of Stereo Gum back for a second week. Double trouble. <laughs> oh, and we have Gabriella Claymore, who is How an up? NFA candidate at Iowa. Hello. How are you guys doing? Fine.
1: Yeah, also fine. I just finished watching Survivor, so I, I'm still in TV brain mode.
2: Oh, I've been watching two, James.
0: How,
1: the new how is it going?
0: One. How is Survivor 2021 turning out?
1: Uh, I don't like the new season so far.
0: Are the characters just not charismatic?
1: Uh, no, I actually like the cast, but there's just like a little too much going on. Um, there's just like a lot mm. of like quote-unquote advantages and rules that are a little hard to follow and take away. What I like, Survivor.
2: Yeah, it seems like the rules are so confusing that even the players don't really understand the rules, and so everyone is just like constantly talking about the rules.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming you haven't watched it yet, but this episode especially. No spoilers for anyone that hasn't watched.
2: Um, okay, I, I only watched the first episode when Jeff Probst asked everyone if it was okay in 2021 to say, "Come on in, guys."
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: No. Yeah, what
0: did he want to say? What, what was? What's the alternative?
2: Well, he just was worried oh. it was exclusionary. So, okay. but then uh, he asked, and and like one person said it was fine, and so they're keeping. Come on in, guys.
0: No, they're okay.
1: not. Wait, Thank God. God. Wait, episode. they changed it. They changed it in the second hour.
0: <gasps> now wait. What is it it's now?
1: Just, Come on in.
0: Oh my God. I mean, I, I guess that's, I don't know yeah. why I'm freaking out, that <laughs> they changed it. But I, I guess, come on in guys, it's it's iconic.
1: Is it? I mean, I've watched like at least 30 episodes of Survivor.
0: Maybe you're um, more, I, I watched one season that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and it felt iconic from that. Which one? It, it was, the, I watched the one with Tony, Wait, the cop. How-
1: Oh, the one. Yeah, that's on really, Netflix.
0: really was special to me. Sorry.
1: Yeah, that's a good season.
0: Um,
2: Wait, that's really confusing that they wouldn't edit that out. Like that they would say they were keeping "Come on in, guys," and then they wouldn't edit it, so that we just stick to "Come on in." Do you know what I'm saying? Come on, guys. This is
1: I love Survivor, and I'm already bored.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really, I'm glad we got our Survivor yayas out. Um, now, I, at the start of every episode, I like to play a little game where I give my guests a pop culture news headline that might be real or fake. And my guests have to tell me if it's real or fake. And if they're wrong, they drink. And if they are right, they take a small sip. Do you guys, do you guys have drinks? I do. Oh, I have a glass of wine. Wow, perfect. And, and uh, listeners at home, feel free to play along. I, I encourage it. Are we are we ready?
2: I'm ready. Okay. Wait, who has to answer first? Me or James?
0: That's an amazing question. Um maybe three, two, one at the same time, so as not to influence each other's answers. Okay. Amazing. Megan Trainer has side by side toilets so she and husband can go at the same time. Three, two, one. Okay, I didn't hear it. Did you guys both say true? True. <laughs> okay, that yes. is true. And <laughs> yeah. she later she later tweeted, to clear things up, we pooped once together and we laughed and said never again. But he will hang out with me if I'm pooping because we soulmates. And I legit miss him when I'm away from him and we pee together, obvi.
2: <laughs> Wait, they... And-
0: I, oh, I I can't stand I, it, and I cute. I can't stop laughing uh, at this tweet. Oh,
2: I mean, I know that like when you're in a relationship for a long time, wow. some things fall by the wayside, but like you shouldn't brag about it.
0: No, or uh, no. Also, there's no, no, no. I, I I I won't I won't entertain the the pooping next to each other as a as something that falls by the wayside. I can't. Next headline. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) The next, Maya Rudolph. Kim Kardashian is a natural, leading up to her SNL gig, dot, dot, dot. She's even writing sketches. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Three,
1: two, one. Are you counting
0: down? Or should I just? Okay. James is correct. It's false. Um, (laughs) But she is going to be on SNL. She's not... um, She's not writing sketches. She is not um, uh, upright citizens' brigade trained. She's not a sketch comedian, as as we might have thought. But
2: um, can she do anything? I, I could maybe. Even she built an empire. She can do anything.
0: Honestly, what makes her any better than um, your Maya Rudolphs or Amy Poehler's, or any worse? I don't know. She, she honestly, <laughs> I, I feel like she might surprise us and steal the show. The real headline was Daily Mail and it's just what she needs. Kanye West is quietly advising ex-wife Kim Kardashian on her SNL gig, offering help on her performance monologue and costumes.
2: <laughs> okay, the last thing she needs is help from Kanye on how to like behave in public, <laughs> on how to do bits.
0: <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I I, th- I don't know. I feel like Kanye might not have a natural knack for like uh improv. Mm-hmm. Um, next headline. Ellen DeGeneres is launching a kid's skincare line forever young. Three, two, one. False. Okay. James, you said true. Gabriella, you said false. True. Okay. It yeah. is it's gonna go ahead and be false. Um, but wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> she is she is launching wow. a skincare line, but it's for it's not for children. And here he, here is the last
2: runner.
0: Ella Emhoff wants everyone to embrace their pubes. <laughs> okay, three, two, one. Okay, true. No, it's false. But she does want everyone to <laughs> embrace their unibrow. According to a page six article <laughs> on the subject.
1: Seven years. Seriously, really I
2: I know. I know. I was just reading oh, never mind. This is taking us off topic. <laughs> what is
0: it? Is
2: it I was just reading that Patricia Lockwood <laughs> essay, The Communal Mind, and there's this really funny line in it that says <laughs> All around the world, she was invited to speak about the new communication, the new slipstream of information. She sat on stage next to men who were better known by their usernames and women who drew their eyebrows on so hard they looked insane and tried to explain <laughs> why it was objectively better, funnier to spell words wrong. Anyway.
1: Hi. She's getting <laughs> I like- an essay. She has her quote ready. Literally,
2: yeah, I was I was literally say, I just had- reading it. It's a really good essay. It's about being I- online. I do love that essay, and it
0: does relate to um, the woman of the hour, the woman of the hour, Sally Rooney. Um, but we will we'll get to that in a moment. Gabriella, um, James discussed his obsession last time he was on the show. Uh, would you like to regale us with your um, your pop culture
2: fixation? D- d- perfect. Yes. Wait, this is like Shark Tank, right?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. But we will do that later. Did you do you have an obsession you'd like to tell us about or we can just we can right yes. on over it if you don't.
2: Can I have a little bit to think about it and then I'll bring it up later. Of course. Of course. Sorry, I thought those were the same question.
0: No, no, no. It is OK. Um, for new members of the show, things can get a little confusing, a little hairy um we like to create a safe space here on obsessions.
2: Oh wait, wait, wait. I I, I have an obsession. I oh, have one. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, my obsession is Venom, like the movie, because the trailer for the new one is so insane and bad and I really really need to go see it, but I I don't think I can watch it in theaters. But I'm obsessed with this one moment in it when Venom, who's like I guess an alien, turns back into the human version of himself. And then is sitting with Michelle Williams, <laughs> and she's like engaged, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> you're engaged." And she's, what? And she like holds up her ring, <laughs> and I'm like, "What the hell is Michelle Williams doing in Venom?" <laughs> and then, and then my,
0: I'm, I'm sure she's getting money, my, like a lot. My friend
2: it. rightly pointed out that she's probably like buying another Wait, brownstone in Brooklyn or something <laughs> with all the money she makes on it. Um, But yes, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I'm really excited to eventually watch when I'm really high at home. (laughs) That
0: sounds perfect. I feel like you have to see it in theaters, though, to get the full experience.
2: No, it looks so stupid. I can't. Um, except okay. for all the reviews online are really funny. Like, I love reading the reviews by fans, where they always put the best ranking. Mm-hmm. So literally not a single bit of this movie I did not enjoy. If you're in for a good time, even the flaws of this film <laughs> will manage to entertain you. <laughs> it's a subversive story that Ooh. is having fun with itself. Even as it deals with topics usually engaged Ooh. with through an anx-riddled lens.
0: <laughs> okay, I- I'm learning that this is not the. F- this is part of a Venom series. Yeah,
2: this is like the next Venom. There was already one Venom. Oh no! This
0: is
2: Venom. Let there be Carnage, and then Carnage is like I think another Venom, yeah. like another gooey monster with a lot of arms.
0: Um, the
2: Venom monster
0: reminds me of the monster from uh, Quiet Place. Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. Really, just a, f- a fun movie to watch. So I. I- I could. Oh my God, Jenny Slate is in Venom. Yeah,
2: probably. These people. These people get paid so much to do these silly movies. <sighs> Everyone is in super it's it's, now. I would. Sorry to anyone oh, yeah, who options. likes Venom. What would you say? I said sorry to anyone listening who likes Venom. I mean, I think that
0: um, Venom might even be uh, like camp. I actually have no idea. I've never seen it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make the argument.
2: <laughs> You're like, what's the definition of camp again? Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, <laughs> Gabriella, that, yeah. why don't you tell us? <laughs> your your first um, big essay is is Venom Camp. Is Venom Camp? I don't think it is. No, no. Actually, now 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 that I'm looking at more of these images, <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So not to be now I'm being annoying but like if camp is like a seriousness that fails like Venom isn't actually serious seeming from the trailers like there's a lot of humor in it whether the humor lands is another story entirely fair but I feel like okay (laughs) I was gonna say
0: I feel like camp is also self-aware but maybe not maybe I am I'm mistaken
2: Maybe oh, I would
0: account. love that. I'm seriousness that fails. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I think that um, we can we can slide on into Sally Rooney. So, okay. oh, Jason <laughs> Wells commented in the chat. Julia calling Venom Campus Camp. Is camp. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, so I, I asked my guests to come with 30 to 60 second elevator pitches on on the the new Sally Rooney novel in case um, anyone hasn't read it. I mean, it, it just came out recently, um, but it's Beautiful World, Where Are You? The new Sally Rooney novel. Um, it's, I guess, her third and I, I really enjoyed it, but I'd love to hear your your guys' thoughts on it and, and little summaries.
2: Okay. Who's first? Me? Should I go first? Go ahead. Okay, I'll go. I, I'm hoping this is 30 to 60 seconds. Yeah, so I wrote, uh, like, every Sally Rooney book, Beautiful World, Where Are You?, is about young Irish people being really bad at communicating, despite spending a lot of time, <laughs> time writing things to one another. uh, I also said I'd rather stop being friends with someone than have to consistently send them long emails about my thoughts on like Marxism and Catholicism in Ireland but it's also about fucking Um, and it's also probably the first Sally Rooney book I've read that actually feels like it's about something beyond its subject. I think that the two main characters Alice and Eileen are sort of foils for talking about ideas and most of those ideas are about the collapse of civilization <laughs> and climate collapse and sort of living in a state of general chaos and collapse. And I also feel like the two main characters are kind of just Sally Rooney talking to herself, or that's the way I interpreted them.
0: I thought that was perfect.
1: That is perfect. it's gonna I didn't write anything down, so I feel very unprepared. Oh, just, just, but I did think about it. Riff, riff. Oh yeah, I'm gonna riff. Um... Yeah, so I think it's basically, I mean, Gab gave a good summary, but I feel like it's interesting. It's like an acclaimed novelist who probably got inside her head a little bit too much and used a lot of her journal entries as emails and dialogues between two characters that are like basically two facets of herself. And everything that's not a journal entry is kind of similar to what's in her other books, but also kind of interesting. And I guess it feels like it kind of sounds up like I'm talking down on the book, but I did actually enjoy it. Um, But yeah, I think it's like a book that's like very much like concerned with like what's the point of like writing a novel? What's the point of commenting on stuff that feels so ephemeral? Um, And I think that's interesting. And it goes about it in an interesting way, more so than a lot of other books that are about like being online because at like the end of the day, it's like not about being online. It's about being with other people,
0: yeah, mm, Yeah, I, I like both of your elevator pitches a lot. I'm, I'm buying. So you, you generally liked the book, both of you. Yeah, how do you except, think? Oh, go ahead.
1: well, I, I don't want. I don't know how much we're going to get into like spoiler territory here. I think we can some, spoil. Well, I just don't. I, I'll just say I don't like the last two chapters.
2: Yeah, the the ending sucks. Yeah, but all of her endings suck. Like I, I knew you were going to say that.
1: This is true. But, but I think people this
2: can't one can write an ending. It. It's hard to end a book.
1: Yeah, particularly because this one invokes the pandemic. Oof. It just was. It just I don't know how well it's going to age.
2: Yeah I thought the pandemic worked as an ending because so much of it is like this anxiety about collapse and then like there is a literal collapse that happens and that worked but it's just like the way that it was written about was so cringe for me it was like it was just very like middle class pandemic problems like oh I'm stuck inside with my boyfriend he's so anxious it was just dumb.
1: Yeah, and it it kind of just like felt like she need she like wrote all of this stuff and like needed an ending. Yeah, it felt
2: like she tacked it on at the very well, last second.
1: I, yeah, um, like and I it was it was yeah. a bummer because I actually did like the climax, which is like the whole scene like where they're all together.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when they uh, fight.
1: yeah, like when they eventually they like, converge because like you're waiting like one of these like all four of these whoever actually going to be in the same room, and then it happens and it's like interesting. And then it just kind of, like, there's, like, that big fight, and then it stops. And then it just picks back up, and it's like, oh, like, yeah, everything's fine. Like, everything's even better than it used to be. Uh, for, like, at least personally. Yeah. Even though the world is, like, still ending. Which I think is interesting, but... Um, I don't know, yeah. The ending was...
2: I feel like all of her books, for me, end in this place that feels so disingenuous to the actual book like to what actually just happened if that makes sense like in normal people the fact that the sort of happy ending is that he gets into like an mfa is just so lame sorry but it's just silly because because the reality of him moving to new york and having to like make money and also go to school is not romantic and then The fact that they're like, we'll just keep finding each other is very goofy. And then the conversations with friends ending, like that guy would have never called her. Do you know what I'm saying? Does everyone, you remember how that ended? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, yes. And I also remember you saying to me that you didn't like the ending, like when the book came out. So I I had a feeling you'd have a problem with this ending as well.
2: Because this ending is literally just like, wait, what? You know?
0: (laughs) I also I feel like what you guys were saying about how it's just like the middle class uh, problems during the pandemic kind of just I don't know that that it's a big problem that people have with her books and her writing in general. Is it just and something she kind of points out in the book is like, oh, it just it's about people breaking up and getting together and just like the uh, like toiling away and, you know, the life of a of a millennial, a middle class millennial.
2: Yeah, it's not to sound pretentious, but it's it's very bourgeois. Yeah, it is. But I don't know.
1: I mean, I think that's fine. I like enjoy bourgeois books and like there's a space for them. And I think especially this book, she goes about it in a smart way. Um, Like I I do like conversations with friends and normal people, but I feel like reading this, I'm like, oh, like, you, like, actually do have ideas and you are, like, very conscious of the fact of, like, I don't know, and, like, anxious over the fact of, like, where you, like, for some reason have been, like, placed in the culture, which is, like, not necessarily, not really her fault at all. Mm -hmm. That she's, like, become just, like, spokesperson for, like, the millennial generation or whatever. Um, And, yeah, I thought all the parts about, like, kind of having any modicum of celebrity is like interesting and like not wanting that um Mm. but also like not really being able to escape it Mm -hmm. because you're oh
2: sorry it's hard when i'm not looking at y'all to like not interrupt you (laughs) yeah you don't see the lips beginning to move. i love to interrupt (laughs) um no i i was like kind of ragging on the ending a little hard but i also think like what Sally Rooney is really good at is like, she basically writes Victorian novels, like (laughs) where it's like miscommunication and two people are Mm -hmm. obviously each other, but like, they just refuse to acknowledge it. And like all these things kind of come in their way, but then usually they end up in a place that is at least some semblance of happy. And I do think like, it's cool that she's sort of trying to revive that sort of style or like that kind of narrative instead of just like, like postmodern bleak bleak like depressing shit do you know what i mean like it's okay to leave happy right yeah
0: yeah maybe she just hasn't learned to like fully stick the landing on it
1: Mm -hmm. and i I don't think my problem with the ending is that like the characters are happy i just think it's like a little corny how she went about it Mm -hmm.
2: um the problem is that they're happy it's like who's happy That's not fair. Okay. I'm I'm fine. I uh, I'm... I was not fine during like deep lockdown pandemic times. Like I was a mess. So it's weird to read. I mean, maybe some people were happy. Some people fell in love during the pandemic.
0: I mean, yeah, that's crazy. I celebrate them every day. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, How do you guys feel about um uh Sally Rooney, Rooney being kind of like uh referred to as this voice of a generation and this, like, important writer, but also kind of, you know, um, I guess people also don't like her because of that and don't like her because of those associations.
1: Um, I mean, I think it's interesting. I've been trying to think about, like, i mean i read a lot of like new york review books which if for anyone that's listening like isn't very like familiar with that it's like kind of like books that like might have been popular when they were published in like the like 20s through 60s or 70s and like were kind of a thing and like definitely had dialogue around them and like the new yorker and like the new york times but then like kind of fell by the wayside and like no one thought about them until like new york review books reprinted them um and i i've been thinking a lot a lot especially because like reading this and like i was also like mm-hmm. i like it in between two new york review books thinking about sally Rooney as kind of like an author that like eventually like will be forgotten to time and like rediscovered in like 40 or 50 years by like people that like aren't thinking about her as the voice of a generation or just thinking of her as like a storyteller and like a creator of characters and i think she's good at that and i think she's than most people uh-huh. that are writing these sorts of books nowadays, um, and I think she like writes about that like she talks about like the state of the modern novel and how i don't know everyone is just like so wrapped up in they can't remove um the novel from like what is happening in the world because like the world moves so fast now, and you kind of like need to, like she like talks about like having like like, well, did this happen, like, before or after the insurrection? And, like, did this, like, happen before or after, like, this certain, like, thing that feels like a huge event now, but, like, who knows what it's going to feel like in 30 years? So, I I think trying to remove Sally Rooney from, like, the timeline is good for Sally Rooney, because I think her writing and her ideas, like, stand up to that. But, yeah, that's
0: my ramble. Totally. Um, Quick, quick interlude, quick game. Um, fuck Mary Kill with things Sally Rooney has been called. Mm-hmm. Okay, so fuck Mary Kill, Normcore, basic, and millennial. Okay, I'm writing them down. Yeah,
1: Normcore, basic, and millennial.
0: Yes, feel free to play along in the chat. Okay,
2: I would fuck. Basic, mm-hmm. marry, this is so hard. All of these are bad. Marry Millennial and kill Normcore. See, see, I would fuck Normcore,
0: mar- marry Millennial and kill Basic.
1: Mm. Thank you so I much. I agree with you, Julia. With the <laughs> caveat that I'm I, I like, don't really understand what Normcore is. Which is why I want to fuck it to find out about it.
2: <laughs> I think Core is like people wearing like new balance sneakers.
0: I, I think you're on the right
2: track there. Okay.
0: And I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't
1: think a single I sneaker heard- could make up a
0: New Balances <laughs> stay on during sex. <laughs> Ew,
2: <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> um
0: and I get like what were your thoughts on the class commentary? Um I guess The most obvious like one being um, like Felix and he's he's the character who works at a warehouse um, and is kind of dating the um, Sally Rooney stand in. Alice. Alice, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, she doesn't, I don't know, I think Felix could have been uh, better developed as a character.
2: Yeah, Felix absolutely kind of just sucks, like, the whole book. I don't know. There's nothing about him that I feel is particularly endearing. Like, there's just, like, he has a dead mom, and that's, I guess, part of what's supposed to be, like, you know, gleaned of his kind of inner life and, like, his struggles or whatever. But otherwise, it's just, like, he's kind of a jerk in a lot of ways. Again, I misread him, I don't know. I kind of was Mm -hmm. thinking more about, like, when I think about the commentaries on class in A Beautiful World, like, first of all, I feel like it's really hard to judge it from, like, a perspective of a person who's from the United States, just because I don't really understand how these conversations play out in a country like Ireland, where, like, wealth disparities exist, but they're different. They're just different. Um, And, like, surely there's, like you know, like a lot of tech money there. And there's like, obviously a lot of really wealthy people there, but I just don't really know how to sort of gauge it. But I did really like the scene. There's a scene early on when Eileen is at a bar with a group of people. Eileen is Alice's best friend, if people haven't read. And there's a guy who basically tells her off for sort of talking about like the working class and including herself in it. And then he's like, basically saying you don't work in a factory or like on a farm, you're not working class. And Eileen's like, that's ridiculous. Like I pay money to a landlord and I go to a job every day. Like it's still like, I'm still working, you know? And it feels like that conversation felt like I could have like plucked it up from like five years ago (laughs) when like everyone in media thought it was impossible to unionize because everyone was too busy, like being competitive with each other and like not really thinking of themselves as like, you know, everyone who works in media feels like, oh, I'm so grateful to have this job instead of like, oh, I'm being like very, very exploited like all the time. Uh, And it feels like five years ago, that is like exactly what people would say about, oh, like we should try to unionize and then like plop it into 2021 where like every newsroom is doing that. And it kind of felt like she preempted that argument in a nice way. Uh, It felt real. Like it felt like a conversation I've had.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. And but also the friends had like merit in their argument, like, you know, it's just different levels, different kinds of working class, I guess.
2: Yeah. And like sort of the way that people like who don't know you will look at you and just cast you in a role. I thought that that was smart because the guy (laughs) was like, I know you work in a literary magazine, but then like it's funny because Eileen's family literally owns a farm. (laughs) like she's literally like a farm laboring family right yeah so I kind of liked that moment where it's like there's no it's like especially in a place where like class hierarchies maybe are I don't know I don't know if there's like a lot of flexibility or fluidity between them but it felt like if you're in this position then like you were endowed mm-hmm. it by your parents basically do you know what I mean yeah absolutely James what are what are your thoughts
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with what Gab is saying. I mean, I think that part of the, I don't know, weirdness of, like, having a job that's online versus, like, I don't know, having a job that's, like, working on a farm or, like, whatever is, like, the, you know, when when you do something online or you're, like, a quote-unquote writer or you work at a literary magazine, um, your labor doesn't have, like, a concrete, um, I don't know, net benefit. Like, I don't know, like, felix is working in a warehouse like he's like i mean yeah. obviously like that's different but you know he he puts things in packages and they go somewhere and that's like a physical material thing in the world that like happens you mm-hmm.
0: know physical.
1: like physical. you can like yeah, i don't know like the elevator pitch of like your job in a bar when someone asks like what you do you understand that versus like this kind of like amorphous like oh yeah i work at a literary magazine mm-hmm. it's like, well what do you do and it's kind of, you know, well, yeah, like, the job kind of sounds stupid, but, like, also, like, does it need to be done? Should it be done? Like, should people being be properly compensated for it? Or is it something that should only be, like, jobs that people that come from rich families have because this isn't a real job? You know what I mean? And that's, like, kind of goes back to the whole thing, like, why people in media are unionizing. Because I, I believe that people that work in media, like like, shouldn't all just come from rich families and should be properly compensated for their work, because it is, like, labor, even though it's, like, a different type of labor.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Well, and because you're getting paid... Oh, yeah. sorry, I didn't no, mean to no, cut you off, so I'm passionate about this. If you're getting paid, like, bullshit, who can afford to work a job that pays bullshit? Like, people who have family yeah. wealth, whose parents, like, pay their rent. And, like, that's fine, but, like, I don't know. That can't be the norm, right yeah it yeah it does just
0: create a class of like people who aren't being well compensated but like you know
2: usually have other means
0: Mm -hmm. but yeah a lot of the book um touches on or at least in the beginning of the book during their emails back and forth they talk about the late bronze age and um the general systems collapse and they kind of compare it to now kind of the um like how our language is kind of becoming so fractured and confusing. Um, What did you guys think about uh, just kind of the comparison, the general systems collapse? Are we on the brink?
1: Um, I don't know. I'd like to think that Mm. we're not. um, And I think that every society goes through growing pains. And I think that every society thinks that they're on the brink of collapse until they're not. Um, and I think that Sally towards the end of the book kind of like strikes like a little bit more of an optimistic tone and that maybe we're just like mm-hmm. going through a really painful going pains and I like will figure it out, but I don't know, you know, and I, I think that the book leaves that open and I, I hopefully think that it's open too. Cause I I don't want to like yeah. do myself to a future where I can't live for another 60 years or whatever. Um.
2: Hmm. Mm. yeah i don't think we're on the brink of a general systems collapse like the brink but i also think sure. it would be better for our society if people felt that way <laughs> do you know what i'm saying like i, I think we are yeah. in like, a moment of like extreme like i don't know i we're definitely facing climate collapse, which is terrifying, and obviously that begets system collapse. And it it would be better if people were a little more worried and anxious the way Eileen and Alice are in the book. <laughs> like the way that they talk about these things, I don't think I have conversations like that with people. Um which is interesting cuz we live in the same world, right? Even if we live in different countries, it yeah. still feels like Oh, it's weird that no one is talking about how everything's like really scary. <laughs> and it's not just because of like Trump or whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like so Absolutely. bigger than one country. It's it's like literally the globe itself and that's terrifying to me.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like they're the conversations, the email exchanges in the book are kind of maybe just drawn out. Um like examples of the kinds of conversations people have now. um, And like the way people communicate Um, just like teeter or between kind of personal anecdotes and also kind of just general panic and anxiety about the state of the world. But they're, I mean, the, the writing is obviously very poignant and like more poignant than I am in my emails and texts. But I do think it's reflective of like how we talk and how people communicate
2: it's almost like right now i think about this a lot just with instagram and stuff and just like the way that media kind of influences the way we think and the way we talk about things and like it almost feels like right now we live in a state of it's okay to just acknowledge that something exists and then we move on and like i'm thinking about that especially with like climate issues because i think um you know People post stuff that's just like climate change is real. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like a cute little Insta, like infographic, yeah. with like like curly cursive <laughs> font, and it's like, yeah, no shit, you know that. Like, you've known that since you were like six years old. Like, and and everyone who follows you knows that. Like, what is the conversation beyond like it exists? Do you know what I mean? And I think the book is trying to like model uh-huh. com- how conversations can be actually smart. <laughs> Um, yeah. And that maybe, I don't know, in some ways I was like, Ugh, no one who's like a millennial emails their friends like this. And then I was like, well, maybe I'm like shitty for not talking to my friends more like this. <laughs> you know? I I had the same reflection. I was like, I need to start emailing. No, I don't want to email. That's psychotic. I just think. Oh, I like <laughs> it. <laughs> I just feel like I wish when I went to the bar, I didn't just like complain about all the work I had to do for my stupid whatever stuff that i have to do instead i was like oh i read this article that really disturbed me like let's talk about it we never talk about those things (laughs) i yeah
0: i also there's something very relatable about it how she she opens the bronze age uh late bronze age discussion with i was reading the wikipedia page like you know i don't know there was something very like realistic and felt felt good to read that for some reason
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, mean,
1: I think a lot of like i mean there's just like so much wrong in the world and so much you can learn about it that i feel like inevitably no matter what like anything that even i who generally like wants to think of myself as like well-informed and well-intentioned i i just there's i there's no way i can possibly know everything and i think there's an option like as part of this generation to like disengage or kind of surface level engage via like instagram infographics or like actually like talk about these things and enact change which like seems kind of boring and hard and it's like what can you really do Um, and I think that's like kind of what all her emails back and forth are trying to struggle with is like how can you do something when it feels like there's like nothing you can really do and it's like is it okay that there's nothing you can really do like I don't know like at the end of the day like we're not the ones like enacting laws like yeah we can like vote or whatever but you know there's only so much we can do.
2: I like those for... oh
1: no go
2: yeah no, I just like how so much of the book is like so self conscious about whether or not it's okay to just write a book about people falling in love and having sex with each other <laughs> like that's like enough
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: very very self um self there. It's kind of like when people like when something really big is happening, like something is trending, like there's a hashtag and people are like, how dare you not use your platform to like elevate this issue? And like Sally Rooney is literally like struggling with that in this book. She's like, I can't believe I'm writing this book about like people fucking, but like, okay, so I'm going to have all these anxiety emails about civilization collapsing and stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wait, can I can I read this I'll quote see. that I was trying to find yes. from it? Like yes. I was so quiet. Um, okay. <laughs> so it's kind of long. So I'm going to skip through it. Um, Go ahead. So she's talking about like why they were so like impassioned when they were younger and like now they're not as much. So she writes, the ideas were right, but this ma- the mistake was that we thought we mattered. When we were young, we thought our responsibility stretched out to encompass the earth and everything that lived on it. And now we have to content ourselves with trying not to let down our loved ones, trying not to use too much plastic, and in your case, trying to write an interesting book once every few years. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that mm-hmm. like the older you get, the more you see that like we really are ineffectual, like ineffectual to change things. But like we can still have conversations about like being a better person in the world, and maybe that will help at least the one person we're talking to. To I don't know, think more about how they exist. And that I guess is all we can do.
0: Yeah. I I I really like her, honestly. And I, I like that she writes in this kind of intimate way and writes what she knows.
2: We didn't talk we haven't talked like at all about like horniness, like on a scale of horniness. Because oh, yes. like she's also like When I think about what Sally Rooney is good at, I'm like, okay, she understands apathy and she writes about it in a way that doesn't make you want to, like, stop reading. And then she also knows how to write about sex in a way that isn't, like, so cringy and embarrassing because I've read, you know, like, I feel like sometimes you'll read books where there's a sex scene and I find myself embarrassed (laughs) even reading it or, like, watching. But I don't necessarily feel that way with this. Well, there's some in this book. I don't know. What did you all think of it? I I
0: always think she writes good convincing sex scenes that are like yeah, not embarrassing, which is <laughs> hugely important, you know? Like I I agree it's rare to like read a sex scene that is um you know well written and not like ugh, gross, you know, or like corny.
1: I thought all of the aggressively great sex scenes were yeah.
0: hot.
1: Especially Eileen's phone sex oh. one—that was really hot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a rare talent to write a hot sex scene. And I, I really also
1: liked love, the phone sex too. I love that she made Felix buy, and then also had that moment <laughs> where like he like touched Simon's wrist. That was really hot to me. And I would like yeah. Sally. I don't, I don't want Sally Perry to write a gay sex scene because I, I I'm scared that she could. But. Yes. I I want her to explore more of that. And, like, I'm not that Sally, I don't, I I mean, obviously she kind of talks about in this book that she is not entirely straight. Um, And I think that it's interesting that she started writing about what?
2: Wait, who says that? Alice? Yeah,
1: Alice is, like, I'm not straight, but, like, obviously um, people assume that I am. Or, like, yeah. But I would be I would be interested to see to read a fear Sally Rooney book, even though I would be nervous for her in the discourse.
2: The
1: discourse
2: wouldn't be pretty.
1: Yeah. yeah. The discourse would be like so brutal. Yeah. So I was about
2: to make up a tweet and then was like, I'm gonna stop myself because this is not a private chat. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: I, w- I I don't want her to do it for her mental health, but I, I would like to read it.
0: Do yeah. do we think this is going to be turned into some sort of like movie or series a la normal people? Yes. Probably. Uh and, I mean I want- aren't they working on conversations with friends?
2: Yeah. They
0: are. Oh my god, she is just getting that money. She's so
2: rich. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah.
0: All right, all right. But, Calls herself yeah. a Marxist. No, just but, kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like bitch, redistribute that wealth to me, please. Exactly. <laughs> Callie Rooney is just pissed that like they're not also young and rich and good at writing. Um
1: Yeah. I mean that's kind no, of like, criticism. What gene? Especially that's that's the problem with all literature criticism is everyone is just trying to write their book or like wants their book to be popular
2: wait my friend literally do you know that book Sweet Bitter that got turned into a TV show with um by, by Stephanie Dandler my friend came yeah. over and saw it on my bookshelf and she was like oh have you read that and I was like I actually haven't but I just have the copy blah blah she was like oh cool I've been wanting to read it and she picked it up and then she turned the cover over and she was like my friend is a writer she's written novels and she goes everyone hates her because she's pretty <laughs> and she Stephanie Danler. it was it's so funny she was crazy. like it's literally just because she's pretty <laughs> She's like, because she's a good writer. <laughs> Check out.
0: You, you can't, you can't be both. Um, you can't be both. You're not allowed to be both without people being um angry.
2: One thing that people like hate Sally Rooney for that I actually like her for is I think that people get really tired of her being sort of anti her celebrity. Um, and I think that mm-hmm. one thing I get it. Like, okay, so this is kind of fun my mom bought tickets to see sally rooney speak at this thing in california or the bay area called city arts and lectures and basically they have like a famous writer come and be interviewed by another big writer so she's seen a lot of people um like recently george saunders Mm -hmm. was one of them so sally rooney was supposed to do one around the time normal people came out but like afterwards like kind of after the big press cycle And then she went to the event with her friend who she would bought the ticket for as a gift and it was like totally sold out and then Sally Rooney didn't appear. And they came out and they were like, Sally will not be able to join us tonight. Like, we're so sorry. We will reschedule, basically. Oh, wait, no, I'm so sorry. No, so she reschedules the event by, it's like an email blast. It's not in person. But then at the rescheduled event, so no one shows up it's like it's not canceled while they're there but then at the rescheduled event everyone is there and sitting and they're like sally cannot appear tonight so she, she, she basically like, didn't go two nights in a row and i think i think like she probably has like a big public speaking like thing going on but i also am like Fine. Like, you're a novelist. You're not like a musician. Like, you're not a performer. I don't need you to perform for me. I don't need you to like be interviewed publicly for me. And I think people get bothered by that because they're like, you're famous, you're rich, you owe us something. And I'm like, yeah, like, you owe us more books and like, you should not be bratty when you're interviewed. But also, like, it's fine. Like, let her just go live in her little cave. Like, I don't know. I don't really want her to be everywhere at once I get tired of musicians like it's like we don't need Sally Rooney to be Phoebe Bridgers you know like we don't need her to be everywhere no (laughs)
0: anything
1: but um no I agree and I'm also going to read a quote because I haven't pulled up here in my little journal please which she says when I submitted the first book I just wanted to make enough money to finish the next one I never advertised myself as a psychologically robust person capable of withstanding extensive public inquiries into my personality and upbringing. People who intentionally become famous, I mean people who, after a little taste of fame, want more and more of it, are, and I honestly believe this, deeply psychologically ill. The fact that we are exposed to these people everywhere in our culture, as if they are not only normal but attractive and enviable, indicates the extent of our disfiguring social disease.
0: Ah! Yes.
2: I underlined that I, too. I, Go off. I, I love that. I literally wrote in my notes um uh that writers are sociopaths who shouldn't be celebrities.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I I I I struggle with this all the time because obviously like I have a deep sick addiction to like people that are celebrities but like I Wait, no what? i like i like 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 looking up gossip and like i enjoy like, yeah like I, oh, I, I like it's just like part of my like existence and i'm like more 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 but then i'm like also like no this is fucked up and i like respect anyone that doesn't play the game but then I'm, like, if you play the game then like mm-hmm. i don't know there's yeah it's it's and it's all fucked up because of the internet
2: i,
0: I,
1: I don't know
2: I feel like some games need to be played though. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, expand on that. I don't want to like call people out, but like, if you're like a musician or like a performer, like, that's the job you signed up for, honey. Like, you have to do it. Like, it's like everyone is so sick of St. Vincent at this point because she's just been so inscrutable in such an intentional way that's still attention seeking. And it's like maddening. Do you know what I mean? And I think Mm -hmm. we're tired of it. And I think, I think that's like, I think people sort of framed that as like protection, right? Like trying to protect yourself from the public, but it's like, okay, we're not living in like the early night. Like, it's not like you know, Y2K era, where people were, like, stalking Britney Spears and, like, taking pictures of their vaginas, like, getting into cars. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one's doing that to, like, Annie Clark. No one's doing that to, yeah. you know, any of these sort of middling no. indie celebs who love to act like they're more famous than they are, if that makes sense. Now I'm just going on a tangent, but... No, I... feel Oh, James,
1: go ahead. No, yeah, no, I, I understand. And I, I, I mean, I think it's... um. I don't know like there's always going to be ego involved in art and like I think it's very easy to be like oh yeah well then just like like don't put anything out but like there there is like an industry behind it and I try to have sympathy for like artists that not necessarily St. Vincent but like artists that have found themselves like trapped in a machine that like does require them to like basically put out an album like every two years and go on tour because like you know they're not the only ones that are making money off of this and they're not the only ones that are making a livelihood out of this. Um, And I I think the music industry is sick, sick, sick in a way that like Mm -hmm. I mean, the the publishing industry probably is too, (laughs) but because I'm not like in it or involved with it, I like don't really know understand, but like I feel like it's much more common for like our authors to like fuck off for like 10 or 15 years and just come back with another book.
2: Mm Oh, yeah. I, like I'm not literally like thinking oh where's you know where's like Marilyn Robinson right now like what's she doing yeah. like someone who's so famous or like you know like what's Jonathan Franzen been up to like I don't it's so weird I, I maybe do think that though I, I literally don't <laughs> I think it's I think it's because Sally Rooney writes about this sort of contemporary living like is very aware of how social media works is very like in tune with like this sort of generation where we're like allowed access to people's lives in such an unprecedented way that she's so sort of plundered for that. Like, I don't know. I just just don't really care what she does. Like I don't really care about her. I don't really care about who she's married to. Like I literally don't care. I I feel like, uh,
0: for a while, she was kind of taking the bait and, like, taking these interviews and had these profiles written about her. So, I don't know. I think, in a way, she's she's willing it. But, like you said, Gabrielle, I feel like today, in 2021, your fame, you can, like, control your exposure in a big way. You know, it's like... the Like, she's not going to have craven paparazzi chasing her. You know, she can control whether she speaks at this event your mother went to or, like... Does this profile for
2: the New York Times? Yeah, like she literally lives in Ireland. Who's chasing no, her there? Not I. I mean, I,
1: I, I think it's like, I mean, I don't want to get too much into this because I, I think it's probably boring and like a little navel gazy, but um, I mean, you know, you have to pr- like quote unquote hustle or self promote. That is also true. And like, where, where's the line? You never really know when you've crossed that until you've crossed it and then everyone's already sick of you, and you're like, but wait, like, you know, I don't know. I think it's hard to balance. I mean, I'm not famous or popular, so I, I don't really get it, but I understand how it happens. Um, I don't know, the internet's fickle, and like, I I, I think it's all cre- creepily diseased, but I'm also like, unfortunately, on it all the time for work. And I like wish I wasn't, but I am. So I like see how the tides shift like so quickly.
2: Um, oh yeah everyone's ready to come for you at any given moment because people are really bored they're insecure they have nothing to do and it's like why not start something on twitter about literally nothing yeah i could think of like so many examples but i don't want to go there same i think um we can
0: oh wait we have some comments oh oh my gosh (gasps) Pat, this is oh. literally what I was about to get into. Yes. At the end of the day... Oh, my I'm God. Sorry, Pat, I literally... You read me like a fucking book. <laughs> I, I, Pat just wrote in the chat, at the end of the day, we're all just working for the knife, which what gets into my next comment. Gabriella texted us, um, I guess, yesterday. Or no, maybe you tweeted it, that um, Sally Rooney's... or No, Missy's on her Sally Rooney That's shit, the, the or something week. along those lines. Umitski came out with a new song and video. I guess it was yesterday working for the knife. What did you guys think about it?
2: I haven't listened or watched. (laughs) Okay. So you are tweeting out of her. No, I I read her quote about it and that's what I made the tweet about. Sorry. I'm being honest here.
1: Wow. But no, that is what the song is about. Um, and I, I figured that's who you were talking about, Gab, but you didn't want to name me. No, no, I
2: wasn't just talking about Mitski. I was no. talking about, like, a lot of and people. But she's the newest
1: <laughs> Yes. Which I think is fine, and I don't think it's wrong to, like, be conflicted about fame. And I think that it's interesting, and I think that it's interesting that, like, artists are kind of grappling with it now. But I also think that there's a way to do it, like in an interesting way and there's like a way to do it in like an annoying way and the verdict is still out on that we'll see what happens um, but I just, yeah
2: I just heard she made her song called everyone cancelled me because my dad works for the CIA <laughs> that's actually the That's the text is that we're all working for the knife yes
0: James did you like it I do like
1: the song, um, and I think it's interesting. Um, and I think that she's definitely been put through the ringer and is someone that, like, was catapulted to like, an insane level of popularity that I don't think she was prepared for, and, like, shouldn't have happened, like, based on just, like, the song mm-hmm. she makes and the kind of person she is, like, the fact that, like, people are, like, so creepily obsessed with her is, like, so weird to me. Um, and it, it just mm-hmm. it, it's just something that has to do with online that, like, people get really attached people are very bored and like so am i so i like get it um but it it's just it's just fucked i don't know and there's like nothing really do but no
2: i'm so sorry no
1: i i I, I I trail off at the end of my sentences which is why
2: i'm literally so rude no i agree with you and i didn't i didn't mean my like cia (laughs) joke to be like rude i was just riffing but like i do think that there are people who are obsessed with mitski and it's really creepy and like that's disturbing for sure like there's a point when like people are behaving really creepily to you when i can see this like all kind of crashing down in a way that's like super uncomfortable um and then like with the cia thing and like everyone coming for her online that's just like bored people make a career out of like trying to cancel people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it was like a little gang that was like, let's disseminate this information. And it wasn't even very interesting. Yeah. It's like you could have kind of gleaned that from her background, right? Like, oh, I lived in many different places. Like, my dad was a diplomat. Like, da 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 da. I don't know. Same with like art. It's like really like, I don't know. It was silly.
1: It's, it's interesting because I mean, like literally since the beginning of time, like all musicians have like come from backgrounds that allow them to actually pursue music um <laughs> and,
0: I mean, it's it, the way it goes
1: it, It's good and bad that like we're having these conversations. I think that obviously like online like flattens all this discourse out um and makes it so like you're Either all good or all bad. And like Sally like gets this to bring it back to the book, um, Sally gets into all this and she's like, Yeah, there's like no gray areas anymore. Um and you know, she like talks about like religion a lot, which I thought was interesting, like good versus evil, and like the way we act online is like everyone's like either all good or all evil, but that's just like not true. Um and yeah, it's just about that
2: the catholicism stuff in the book is interesting and it made me think about how there's like apparently this like kind of like youth catholic like moment (laughs) happening which sounds really weird but have you heard about this julia like kind of just the
0: like trad cath uh rising yeah
2: Yeah, trad cath rising like there was (laughs) yeah there's like a whole sort of kind of cohort of like young hip people who live in new york who are like going back to the catholicism um which i think is really funny because i grew up catholic and had to go to church every sunday and it's so fucking boring and i like the ritual of it i get you know like the ritual (laughs) is comforting and i understand like for example i understand why my mom goes to church like it makes sense to me but for me, I'm like, oh my god! Imagine choosing to go back to that. wall, Which is why Colin, in the book, the character who's Catholic, his name is Colin, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, his name is Simon? Simon.
0: I, I, if we're, yeah, right, Simon. Oh god, no! I'm
2: so sorry. I just like totally that. suck at names. Um, no, no, you, you've been saying Simon. Have I? I think I've been saying I, Colin.
0: I don't remember, but Colin's from another book, right? It, it, it doesn't matter. It, 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 <laughs> <nope. Huh. laughs>
2: Becky says but. wrong. Sa- Becky says wrong. Sally book. Thank you. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> All these names are so interchangeable to me, but like his Catholicism, his Catholicism did interest me because it's like it seems like it seems like he's obsessed with being sort of like in control, like. And it translates into the sex they have, right? Where where she's like, I want you to be my daddy, kind of. And, and he's, like, right. really into that. And I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. But, like, God is his daddy. I think that's what I'm saying. I mean.
0: <laughs> and everyone needs a daddy. And that's why <laughs> Trump was so successful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do the catholic thing is interesting for me for me um and just kind of like i don't know i do think people um are we live in a uniquely godless time <laughs> people need god
1: you know what's crazy i mean i'm just living in the south and like being exposed to people in the past few years like there's still like a lot of religion out there and like a lot of religion is like youth oriented um, yeah, and, in a and way that like more, you never know because like I mean I don't know we like lived in New York for so long and we still live in New York, Julia. So like I don't know. Like I I've been like seeing things that here. I'm like oh there are like young people that believe in God and like aren't like corny or weird or like they're just like I, you would never like expect it or suspect it. Not that it, like should be something that's like should be su- suspicious of. Like, um, mm-hmm. but there are.
2: Calling his cards. I, I just
1: think that like I don't know. Um, there are ways to, like, believe in God that aren't toxic, um, which is that, okay. especially in the mid-2000s or whatever, like, and mid-2000s to so much earlier, like, religion was so toxic and so much based around, like, exclusion, and obviously it still is, but there are people out there that, like, are not um, that way.
0: Okay, our, our next Our next game is, do you believe in God? No, just kidding. (laughs)
2: Laura? (laughs) I was going to just say that, like, in Ireland, like, you know, so much of the political discourse as far as just, like, whatever, quote-unquote, like, social issues is around sort of, like, liberating all of these doctrines and all of these laws, like, enforced by Catholicism. So it was, like, kind of weird to have this character, Simon, who's, like, He's sort of like I don't know. I don't feel he seemed like a good guy to me, but I'm also he kind of represents just like this older way of being in in the in the world to me. <laughs> I don't know. Like he's so uh, mm-hmm. it's not his. It's not just his faith. It's just like his general like do gooderness that was interesting. It was a weird choice. I don't really know what to make of it. It's like, how are you supposed to date someone like that and feel like know. a good person? I guess that's what I was confused about.
1: Yeah, Well, I mean, I think that's kind of like what Sally is wondering. It's like, Eileen, like, doesn't feel like a good person. So she doesn't feel like she deserves this, like, quote unquote, good person. Um, Like, follows all the rules and is, like, super Catholic okay. and is, you know, growing up how you're supposed to grow up. By, like I mean, like, yeah, his job, like, he works for a leftist organization. But, like, he still, like, is, like, a professional. Like, he, like, wears a suit to the office. And, like, I don't know. Um, I, I definitely think Sally is aware of like who Simon is, like as a figure for whatever he stands for, whoever, whatever she wants her to stand for.
2: Do you think that Simon is like her husband? Do you think her husband is like going to church?
1: <laughs> okay, parasocial relationship with Sally Rooney. Um, <laughs> all I know about her husband from Wikipedia is that like he's a math professor or something.
2: Oh mm. so he definitely doesn't believe in yeah. God. No, no. I'm
0: kidding, I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> it does seem like a wildly different vibe though.
1: But it's actually,
2: like, i not
0: know, know. Why, why would you assume that math
2: doesn't believe in God? Like there's there's no God in it. No, no, no. I'm joking. <laughs> math is godly. That's God's yeah. 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 God will That's God's it. work. Who decided that? God. <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's like less so for me like the fact that he believes in god which i think is what's harped on in the book right like they're like it's so weird he believes in god right alice thinks he's like a total like lola uh, the sister who's really mean thinks he's like a total sociopath because he believes in god but it's more so like i can't believe he goes to mass because maths is like dull like so many other things you can do like you can believe in god and like never right. go to church. you know what i mean i know plenty of people
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think that there, like, people do find comfort in the ritual of mass. I think that being in, like, a spiritual space, I'm not that i I literally haven't gone to church in a decade, but I think being in a spiritual space can unlock, like, some greater form of, I don't know, contemplation about your life and, like, your place in the world and, like, make you feel like there's, like, something that's bigger than yourself. Or, like, maybe you need to pursue some higher purpose. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think mm-hmm. God is necessarily like corny. I mean, it definitely is, and I'm not
0: religious, but I, God is. I, I like. James,
2: no, I'm, I, I grew up Lutheran, and I went to like the school. Yeah. Lutheran. Lutheran school. I couldn't remember if it was Catholic school or something else. Okay. Yeah,
1: but like really small Lutheran school, like really weird, like small vibes. Like five people in my graduating class, like kind of culty vibes.
0: So I don't. I don't know. Um, guys, I really think we um we did it with the Sally Rooney. I mean, I I don't even know if we have time to talk about the the Instagram outage. Um, not that. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Not that it, it it happened. I don't know if everyone in the room saw that uh, Instagram was out for six hours on Monday and Facebook, Facebooks and its family of apps. Um, but I think I, I'm I'm glad we used our time to discuss Sally. What what is everyone reading now?
1: Can I ask?
0: Um, what is next? I literally just finished it, so I need to um. I need to decide on what I'm doing next. I I spent the last few days finishing. Just like our our former, our old quarantine book club, I'm always um, doing the crunch time read.
2: Oh, yeah. Do people realize that? No, I don't think I I gave that that info. We had a very successful, not at all regular book club.
1: No, we did it for like a while. It was right. It was. It, it was, was good for like six it, months. We did. It. it
2: was pretty regular, but also Julia always made us change the date because she was always she was always going oh, on a no! boat.
0: I was always going on a boat.
2: <laughs> she was like, "Guys, I'm going on a boat." Right.
0: We read.
1: We read Anna Karenina and we read Mrs. Dalloway.
0: Both um, absolute
1: fire. And what? then we started Drakes of Wrath, and then we stopped because you guys were busy, and I finished it myself, and I was trying to make it a secret, but I. I read it alone.
2: Secrets out. out. There was an yeah. Anna Karenina reference in the Sally Rooney book. There was. And you, you texted me a picture of the whole page, even though I texted
1: you and said I had just started. And it was like page 300 something.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> I get it. was a spoilie. There's, there's, no like there's nothing, it. Like there's nothing to spoil it. There's, there's no plot. There's no, it's literally just, just like, like having like, have it, like sex. About. Like you're just reading it's like you're reading for the next sex scene and to see if they get together like honestly let's be honest
0: let's be honest with each other <laughs> Gabriela what are you reading I, um, uh, I,
1: oh yeah yeah.
2: no James go no you go it.
1: you go because I asked the question I'm like an idiot
2: you, you asked what
1: I asked the question so I'll just finish
2: oh 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 um, right now I'm reading the science fiction book called The Ministry for the Future that's kind of hot right now uh, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. It's about climate change. What else? Um, and then I'm, yeah, that's it. That's that's all I'm, I'm reading, like, a lot of books at once, which is something I used to never do. But, like, as far as fiction goes, that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on.
1: Amazing. Um, I'm reading the second half of this. Uh, it's a sci-fi, also sci-fi, slash, like, kind of, like, mm-hmm. horror author, William Sloan. It's a New York Review book. Um. And Yeah, so it's What's called the, uh, wait. The collection is called wait, I already have it. Sorry. Um, the collection is called The Rim of Morning, and it's like two novels by like this guy who wrote them in the 30s or 40s. And these are the only books he wrote. And I read the first one a couple months mm-hmm. ago, and it's really, it was really good. And I wanted to save this one for spooky season, so I held off. And it's called The Edge of Running Water, Ooh. and I, I just started it yesterday. But it's about like this, like professor who like comes to a main town to visit his colleague and like he's doing some weird shit with like immortality um but it's really fun i'm excited i'm gonna read all day tomorrow because i have off until the night so yeah
0: guys guys i have a proposition okay what if we did um like a a monthly book club episode would you guys be down for that Check your schedule.
1: Wow, Gab, yeah, give a don't
0: answer air.
2: live on air. Gab, you, Gab, you're gonna. I heard the. I heard no, the I light like really the day, want, but no, I'm really. Gonna, I really yeah. want to. It's just I have to do someone's work. That is there Yes, yeah.
1: okay. let's okay. keep it up in the air. Maybe there'll be a sporadic book club. Is there like totally. short and easy, like Sally Rooney, that comes out that has a lot of buzz?
2: Wait, once a month sounds good. If we do something that's like super easy to read, do you know what I mean? Like, a, yeah, like a oh, Rooney, oh, we're like not going to Rooney, Rooney Toonie.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, love it. We're not going to be doing um, uh, another Anna Karenina <laughs> like, <laughs> like, live on obsession. Like, like, a movie movie that, like people on Twitter read because they they
1: don't know we, how to read.
0: Perfect. Okay. Mm. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, is there anything you want to plug before we? sign off uh no
2: (laughs) i don't think so no i have no plug i thought
0: i'd give the ask as a courtesy just thank
2: you are you plugging anything julia
0: absolutely not but everyone should um, continue listening and we'll be back next week same time wednesday 9 p.m eastern time Like and subscribe. Like and
2: subscribe. Love you guys.
1: Thank you for having us. This was fun.
2: Thanks, Thanks, Jane. Bye, guys. Miss you.
0: Bye. Bye.